Park Hopping Podcast number 95. Today we celebrate. This is not art. Coming up next in our show. This is not media. First, the news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is another crappy podcast production. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 95, the podcast that proves anyone, even someone with a cold, can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, coming to you live and direct from Des Moines, Iowa, USA. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I spoke briefly about an issue that caused this podcast to be removed from the iTunes podcast directory. As of today, Wednesday the 18th of March 2009, the podcast is still unavailable through iTunes, most likely because I haven't even bothered to resubmit. I'm kind of curious to see if the downloads will continue to gradually grow as they have since this show began back in 2005. And you know how I love an experiment. Today on the Park Hopping Podcast, we celebrate... The end of 2008 meant the conclusion of the apparently highly successful Year of a Million Dreams promotion at the Disney parks. According to the trusted and always reliable Wikipedia, this promotion began in 2006 and it was scheduled to last 18 months. 18 months, of course, is a year in Disney years. That lets a celebration launch before the summer, then run from one summer season through the next. In 2007, this promotion was extended to run through the end of 2008, which redefined just how long a Disney year is, I guess. The Year of a Million Dreams was, in my personal opinion, an absolutely brilliant promotion that gave many guests something unique to talk about when they returned home from their vacation. For those with short-term memories or those who may live under rocks or in caves, this promotion promised to make one million dreams come true. Though in the end, many, many more dreams were actually granted due to the extension of the promotion. Specially dressed cast members, Disney's own prize patrol, would be randomly assigned to go to some random location at some random time and randomly present some non-random prize to an individual or group of people. I personally encountered them more than once, receiving some lanyards with special Year of a Million Dreams trading pins on them and also some special Year of a Million Dreams cloud-colored Mickey Mouse ears. It seems almost everyone I know who visited the parks during the promotion had some kind of similar encounter counter. And non-Dream Patrol cast members further added to the fun by being part of the dream making themselves, assuming your dream was to get a little extra attention from a Disney cast member or even something small but tangible like a free pin. As they say, good times were had by all, at least by all of us that received free prizes. There were, of course, some really big major prizes, but I don't know anyone who personally got to fly around the world and grand marshal a parade at every Disney park, nor do I know anyone who got to spend a night in Cinderella Castle at Disney World or the Dream Suite at Disneyland. But hey, at least many of us got free pins and mouse ears. And now 2009 is upon us, which brought an end to the old promotion and a beginning to a new one. 
What will you celebrate? That's the name of the promotion. I wasn't inserting a random question for you to answer there. But since we brought it up, what would you celebrate? Or more specifically, what would you like to celebrate at a Disney park? The idea is to get folks to visit the parks for special occasions, like anniversaries, reunions, whatever. The new promotion began last year with an announcement that anyone with a birthday, which made it pretty much all-inclusive since I think we all have birthdays, anyone with a birthday would be able to get into Disneyland or Walt Disney World free on their birthday. A form was set up on the Disney website where you could register your birthday and print out a certificate complete with a fun and friendly barcode, which would then be used to speed up your free entry into the theme park of your choice on the day of your natal celebration. With a single-day admission to Disneyland being $69 currently and a single-day ticket to a Walt Disney Park at about $75, that's quite a bargain and sure beats the pants off of getting a free $3.99 Denny's breakfast slam on your birthday. Though I think Denny's discontinued their birthday offer years ago. But I digress. So, you simply make plans to show up at a park on your birthday, go to the ticket counter and show your ID, and if you have it, your printout, so it'll speed things up, and then they get you an entry pass as well as an It's My Birthday button for you to write your name on with a Sharpie marker and then wear proudly for the rest of the day, gaining all kinds of extra attention, special treatment, and in some cases, free desserts. More on this in a moment. If you already had admission to the park, such as an annual pass, Disney would offer you some other choices. You could get a one-day pass good for up to a year after your birthday, so you could come back later and use it, or a special family-sized fast pass to get you into a series of attractions without having to wait in a standby line, or, my personal favorite, a Disney gift card good for the amount of a one-day ticket. There were some caveats, of course. The gift card couldn't be used on food or alcohol, and some items couldn't be purchased with it, but for anyone who ever wanted to blow $69 or $75 on pin trading, it was quite a thing to celebrate. Just think of how many thousands of annual pass holders who are now getting thousands and thousands of dollars of Disney merchandise free just for coming out to the park on their birthday. Now that is an incentive to visit the park. No wonder the lines at the annual passholder processing center were so long the entire duration of my recent Disneyland visit. More on that in another episode. So, was this promotion going to be any reason for me to return out to a Disney park? My birthday wasn't until August, so I didn't pay much attention to the promotion in general, and I'd also just returned from a post-Thanksgiving visit to the happiest place on Earth this past December. My annual pass had expired, and I certainly wasn't planning a trip back anytime soon. With my job and money situation being uncertain, I figured it would, it would be a year or more before I'd be able to return. But then something completely unrelated happened, which kind of changed my mind. As I've mentioned on this podcast many times before, I used to have a job where I spent a lot of time traveling around America. Over those years, I racked up tons of frequent flyer miles on many different airlines, but had really only taken a few free trips using them. Unfortunately, a whole bunch of unused miles on one airline expired at the end of last year, and I realized I just lost a free ticket. Since I was no longer accumulating vast amounts of new miles, I decided maybe it was time to use what I had before I lost any more. And as it turns out, I had a friend who was having a birthday in March. A friend who thought spending a birthday at Disneyland might be a real fun way to celebrate. So about two weeks before the trip, I found a Monday through Sunday flight we could take using the least amount of my frequent flyer miles. Then I found a less than $40 a night hotel rate at the Eden Rock Inn and Suites from Hotels.com. 
This hotel is located at the southwest corner of Disneyland, and for transportation, I simply considered not renting a car at all. I checked websites like mousesavers.com to research shuttle transportation between the airport and the Disneyland Resort. It seemed that for about $30 a person, you could get a ride to the resort and a return trip back to the airport at the end of your vacation. I wasn't quite sure I wanted to lose the flexibility of having a car. I mean, it wasn't too far of a walk the day we tried it last year, but what if it rained? It looked like it would be raining a lot during this visit. There were a few family-style restaurants right near the hotel and walking distance, but what if we wanted to go get cheap drive through one evening? With the park closing as early as 8 p.m. during this visit, this seemed like something we might want to do. Plus, I always enjoy going to the Knott's Berry Farm Chicken Restaurant, but doubt I would if I had to use a bus or pay for a shuttle or taxi to do so, especially with them charging $3.75 for a soda with dinner. More on that in another episode. And of course, what if we just needed something we forgot, like sunscreen that didn't cost $12, or some cold medicine, or something else we could only get by driving a few miles to a nearby Walgreens or CVS pharmacy? So I decided to look into a car rental again. $300 said all the discount travel sites, and about the same using my corporate discount. $160 said Hotwire. So for $100 more than a shuttle, we could have a car and have total flexibility. Would it be worth it? Well, I decided to try one more thing. I know I could get real cheap rentals in the Orlando area, less than $10 a day usually, so why not in Los Angeles? I decided to try Priceline.com, and I bid $9 a day on a car rental. They, of course, informed me $15 or $16 would be much more likely to get approved, but they tried and turned me down. The next day I tried $10, the next $11, then finally they approved me at $12 a day for what turned out to be a really nice Hertz rental of like a sporty Pontiac with power windows and door locks, features that were missing from the last cheap car I got through Hotwire. So the end price was $120, only $60 more than just using a shuttle. Now we'd have a car and we'd be able to run any errands we needed as well as make it back to the airport on our own schedule. And to save even more money, I parked at a remote parking lot at the airport for half the price of where I usually park, and that saved another $50. So between a cheap hotel, cheap car rental, free airline tickets, and some other small expenses, another Disneyland trip was doable, even on a strict, limited budget. Before I comment on the actual trip and get back to celebrating, I wanted to mention that I will now be trying Priceline.com for car rentals first. The downside is it can take a little bit more work. They only let you place a bid once every 24 hours without changing what you're bidding on, so if you're set on a particular class of car, you have to try a few days in a row raising your bid each day until they approve you. Or just quit being so cheap and use the suggested price they display. And anyway, this is a minor bit of work and it saved me enough money over Hotwire that I'm willing to try it again on future trips and spend the difference eating somewhere nice. So March 2nd came and we flew in on U.S. Airways, formerly known as America West, through Phoenix and into the John Wayne International Airport just 13 miles from Disneyland. We arrived at night and after getting our luggage, picking up the rental car and driving to the park, we'd only have about an hour to be in there before it closed at 8 p.m. Since my annual pass had expired last December, my friend Steve once again helped out by meeting us at the park with a Costco Deluxe Annual Pass, which came with a $50 bonus Disney gift card. I used the $50 card towards upgrading the pass to a premium, and in a future episode, I'm going to try to break down how much the extra discount saved us, and we'll see if it was worth the extra $70 I had to pay to pay the difference between the discount, the $50 card, and the bigger one. 
I should also mention that we only ended up parking in the parking structure two times during this trip, so the normal $12 a day that I save using a premium pass with parking, well, that didn't really apply, so more on this in a moment. So first, big thanks to Steve for helping us out, and for everyone else, don't worry, I have no intentions of doing any kind of trip report from this trip. I haven't even finished recapping themes from my previous trip, so instead, today, we're going to focus on the new Celebration promotion. But first, at the hotel we stayed, an incredibly helpful front desk person showed us a shortcut to get into the parks. Last year, we just kind of walked down the sidewalk and then took a walkway near the parking structure, which, which led us through uh, downtown Disney. But it seems the hotel and, and basically everybody staying on that side that walks seems like they know a better way. Disney doesn't seem to stop anyone from walking in through the Grand Californian Hotel, making a few turns, then exiting right to the middle of downtown Disney, just a short distance from the tram unload area. Uh, and the security checkpoints are right there, too. So the shortcut now meant it was possible to leave the hotel in the morning and be at the entrance gates of the parks within 10 to 15 minutes, and that's not bad. It was such an easy and beautiful walk. We ended up walking every day during our trip, other than our first evening there when we didn't know any better, and our last morning there when we didn't know any better. More on this in another episode. When arriving at the resort area, the first thing I noticed were banners on light posts around the resort, each featuring a Disney character and party hats and Mickey balloons. Upon entering the Disney parking structure, there were Mickey balloon shapes popping out of the entrance signs. This theme of party hats and Mickey balloons would continue to be the common graphic found on all the celebration signage and merchandise. At the entrance of Disneyland itself, the Mickey floral in front of the train station featured Mickey in a birthday hat and a huge set of floral Mickey-shaped balloons on each side. All through Main Street, there were gas lamps decorated with celebration hats and Mickey balloons and a huge photo spot backdrop right at the start of Main Street across from the Emporium. It was certainly noticeable that a new theme was in effect, and that theme had something to do with wearing party hats. The biggest part of this year's promotion is, of course, the free birthday admission, and birthday celebrating was taken up a notch. Now, you've always been able to go to the guest relations at City Hall or wherever and get a free pin or sticker to wear on your birthday. Doing so generally made cast members and sometimes other guests wish you a happy birthday when they saw it. Sometimes you'd even get a free dessert with a meal at the restaurant. But now that Disney was incentivizing folks to come and identify themselves on their birthday, it seemed those buttons were everywhere. Now, now, sure, maybe there really weren't that many more people celebrating on that day than any other day, but it, that seems unlikely given the nature of this promotion. But the fact that you had to go to a ticket booth and register to get your stuff, and then they could give you a birthday pin to wear right then without you having to go to City Hall and get it on your own, well, that meant that anyone taking advantage of the special birthday offer was at least offered a pin to wear. So through the week, we saw tons and tons and more people walking around having the same birthday. It was pretty amazing, and so many people were saying, Happy Birthday! Insert name here. One day while we were hiding from the rain under an awning before a rope drop, we shared the space with another birthday person, and an instant conversation formed. I guess people are generally happy when they're at a Disney park, but being there on their birthday, plus getting free stuff, seemed to really make them even more happier and talkative. Actually, now that I think about it, it was probably the happiest bunch of theme park people I've seen since the day of the 50th anniversary celebration back in July 2005. Since I've now mentioned most of my more on this in a moment things, 
Let me turn this into a graceful seg into some theme park audio I'd like to share today. And although this audio is not from the birthday morning where we waited for the rope drop in the rain at Disneyland, it is from the very next day when we started out at Disney's California Adventure for their rope drop. And as you're going to hear, there is a special celebration theme song and a special rope drop announcement to get the celebration started. and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Disney's California Adventure, where dreams come true and imagination soars. In this place of wonder and adventure, every day brings a reason to celebrate. Today, we invite you to discover new ways to celebrate life's special moments, both big and small. So whatever you may be celebrating, all of us at Disney's California Adventure hope your day with us is a memorable one. As you head off to adventure, for your safety and for those around you, we ask that you walk to your next destination. Thank you, and may you enjoy your day at Disney's California Adventure.
Welcome back. And now, to those of you who always sleep in and miss rope drops, you at least know what you're missing if you don't get up early enough to be at Disney's California Adventure before they open the rest of the park. But if you do make it out, birthday or not, I hope you get a chance to check it out firsthand. And if you can't, well, I just added over 5,000 new Disneyland Resort photos to DisneyFans.com so you can check them out instead. And speaking of checking things out... The next time you're at a Disney theme park, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 76,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks here in the States. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 95. Today we celebrate. Thanks for listening, and now I'm going to go take some NyQuil. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Hey, if you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World and plan to stay off-site, and you've ever wondered what the deal is with all those cheap ticket timeshare promotions, visit DisneyFans.com secret. You can get a special deal at a luxury resort, all by enjoying a great breakfast while taking a tour and listening to a self-pitch. That's DisneyFans.com secret.